0: You can't get anywhere with your religion or your relationship with God if you don't do anything. And there are a lot of people who are too scared to start. Like the first time I kept Shabbat, I was a freshman in college. I'd like done it kind of in middle school, but on my own. And I wrote about it. And like, you're not supposed to write on Shabbat, but whatever. Like you do the things and like you can't get to where you want to be if you don't open up some doors for it to come in.
1: Welcome to The Sprout Podcast, a show about purpose and passion. I'm your host, Shaked, a journalism student, foodie, bookworm, and plant lover. My passion for journalism is rooted in my curious love for stories, the places they can take us and the people who tell them. Each episode, I interview guests who walk us through their own storybook called Life. Along the journey, they share applicable seeds of wisdom about personal and professional growth. Are you ready to flourish together? This is the Sprout Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the Sprout Podcast. Wherever in the world you're listening from, I am so glad you decided to hit play. Today's episode is a special one because it's my Tubi Schwatz special. Tubi Shvat is the Jewish New Year of Trees. It's a light-filled holiday full of hope for the future as it marks the transition from winter to the beginnings of spring. If you couldn't tell by the name of this podcast, I am a huge plant lover, so naturally I love Tubi Shvat. Plus, right at this time in Israel, which is where the seasons in the Jewish calendar are based around, the almond tree is the very first tree to begin flowering and is one of the emblems of Tubishvat. Since it's the first to bloom, the almond tree represents both hope, since it's a sign that spring is coming, and resilience, because it can start to flourish in the cold months before any of the other trees. Now, why am I mentioning this? Well, it's because my name, Shaked, means almond. I was named in honor of these first bloomers. And actually, when I was younger, I never felt connected to my name because it felt like I was just named after a tree. Until two summers ago, I really learned what the Shakedia, almond tree, actually represented over my summer in Israel. And ever since then, Shaked has held a whole new meaning and has had a whole new beautiful ring to it. Because I believe a name is a blessing for everything you want your child to be in this life. And hope and resilience is a beautiful one. When I think of Tubi Shvat, I basically imagine going outside that first day when the snow is all melted and you can hear the birds chirping and the grass is starting to poke out and it smells like spring and hope. That is how Tubi Shvat makes me feel, aka the best feeling, right? So over Tubi Shvat, the Jewish tradition invites us to reflect, to plant seeds of spiritual renewal and to cultivate growth in all its forms. That's why this week I am speaking with Kylie Yunel, the founder of Rooted, a name so very fitting for the occasion. Rooted is an organization that empowers young Jews to feel confident about their Jewish identity and inspires them to foster a relationship with God. In this episode, we talk all about Tu Bishvat, the idea of going inward so you can go outward, and the power of being rooted in something so much bigger than yourself. Kylie's brilliance shines through this entire interview. If you're listening to this episode, I would love to hear from you. What are your Tubi traditions? What was your biggest takeaway from this episode or from any episode? What's one way you root yourself in your identity? Even if it's just to say, I listened and I enjoyed please, please send me a DM on Instagram. That is where I live the most at sprout the podcast or at my personal daily chic And if you do enjoy the podcast, I have no shame in asking for a review or for you to share this on your Instagram story or send this episode to a friend. And the reason I'm so okay with asking for this is for two reasons. One, it really does help the sprout podcast, climb the charts on the Apple podcast ratings, which is, the best way to grow a podcast and two it helps a new listener understand oh what is this podcast all about am I in the right place are there other people like me here and these are both so so important because ultimately it helps reach more Jewish people and it helps other people find the show and also get inspired by these little sprouts of interviews which is ultimately my goal But before we get into this episode, I want to share one little story from the Talmud that I found on spiritoftrees.org and was written in this form by Panina Shram. Honi the Wise One was also known as Honi the Circle Maker. By drawing a circle and stepping inside of it, he would recite special prayers for rain, sometimes even argue with God during a drought, and the rains would come. He was, indeed, a miracle maker. As wise as he was... Honi sometimes saw something that puzzled him. Then he would ask questions so he could unravel the mystery. One day, Honi the circle maker was walking on the road and saw a man planting a carob tree. Honi asked the man, how long will it take for this tree to bear fruit? The man replied, 70 years. Honi then asked the man, and do you think you will live another 70 years and eat the fruits of this tree? The man answered, perhaps not, However, when I was born into this world, I found many carob trees planted by my father and grandfather. Just as they planted trees for me, I am planting trees for my children and grandchildren, so they will be able to eat the fruit of these trees. In this conversation with Kylie, we touch on exactly this theme, that we found a fruitful world because our ancestors planted trees for us, and likewise, it is our responsibility to plant trees for our children, and to plant seeds within ourselves. As Robert Louis Stevenson wrote, "'Don't judge each day by the harvest you reap, but by the seeds that you plant.'" Without further ado, Kylie Younell. Kylie Younell is a PhD student in Jewish philosophy at New York University. She is the founder of Rooted, an organization built to help young Jews feel confident about living a life guided by Judaism and empowered to pursue a relationship with God, and Models of Faith, a rooted photo blog devoted to showing the human side of being a person of faith. Well, Kylie, let's dive on in. I'm so thrilled to have you on the podcast. First things first, welcome to the show. Welcome to Sprout.
0: Thank you. I'm really excited to be here. Well, this is also the first podcast I've done in a little while. Not that it's I haven't done a podcast in a while, so this feels like my entry back like right as Tubashwan's coming up, which I know we'll talk about. But I've been in hibernation mode in the winter and now that Tubashwan is happening and like there is some sap coming through the trees. I feel the same way. So this is the perfect way. <laughs> oh, I
1: love that. I, I'm a metaphor person, so I am <laughs> all over that. And I am so honored to have you and to be your reintroduction to the podcast space. So you are a you know future doctor of Jewish thought, a writer, teacher, entrepreneur, so many incredible titles that I got from your Instagram bio. <laughs> <laughs> But I want to know, who is Kylie
0: the human? Tell us about you. That's the best question. I'm also so happy that my Instagram bio can be put to good use. (laughs) Um, I feel like it's in transition. But um, Kylie the human is just your average girl, like long walks on the beach. No, I I was um, born, (laughs) I live in New York City right now. I live on the Upper West Side, which I've been, um, I've been here for the last five years, but I was born originally in a little town. It's actually not that little, but a city called Overland Park, Kansas, which is a suburb of Kansas City, Missouri, for those who know, or for those who don't know for that matter. And I grew up, in a family, we were all women. My parents got divorced when I was young, so I've just grown up around women, feminine energy. But when I was eleven, my mom, my mom moved us to Israel, to Modi in Israel. So I grew up in what was a very, you know, typical American Jewish world. And that was something that was not satisfying for my mother. And it wasn't how she wanted her kids to be raised. She didn't want us to be raised in that world, and, and she had her own criticisms of the American Jewish community, and that took her to Israel. That was like her Lech Lecha moment, where she was like, okay, just like Avraham when he's told to leave Eretz Mo'ad like the, the land that he was born and go to another land, like that is what she did, um, and I grew up there. I, I moved when I was 11, I lived there until I was 16. I sprouted I blossomed there <laughs> um, and then my family moved back to America when I was 16 and we moved we started off in Kansas and then we moved to North Carolina which is where I was in high school and I just I grew up in all these different Jewish communities so I grew up in a I went to elementary school to pluralistic Jewish day school I went to middle school at an orthodox all-girls school I went to high school at a Jewish boarding school so I've like And it was pluralistic, and they had all, like, really, I'd say, truly embodied pluralism and kind of, like, international, representational, representational? Represented the international Jewish community. So I I grew up with a lot of different kind of, like, touch points in the Jewish world. And then at some point, I think it was my junior year of high school, I became obsessed with NYU in New York City. And I I can't explain it. I really can't. I went, I did a high school program there. I did pre-college program. Like, I just, I did a lot of things at NYU and i ended up going there for my undergrad and then i worked in jewish nonprofit space for a little bit and then went back for grad school and i've just been at nyu ever since and in new york since i was like 19 uh now i'm 27 so i've been here for a little while and yeah now i'm i'm here trying to just figure it out and i don't know help the jews (laughs) Be a good Jew, if there is such a thing.
1: Seems like you wear just so many different hats in the different things that you do. So I would love to hear more about kind of all these different areas, rooted, models of faith, your studies,
0: all of that. Yeah, so that's something that I completely left out, which was that uh, two years ago, I started an organization called Rooted. (laughs) Not to say that it's not important, There's just, I do wear different hats and so i I do forget about some of the pieces that i have in the air so everything really comes down to kind of one guiding principle which is that i want to help i want to first of all i want to connect as many people in the world to each other as i can because i think the world is a lot smaller than we realize and i think the only healthy way to do that is through self-love and self-acceptance and self-understanding and for me a lot of self acceptance came from studying Jewish thought. I was telling somebody recently, studying Jewish philosophy feels like studying my family history, and understanding who I am through all of the people. There's so many people who came before me to who thought about what Judaism is, how we should relate to God, and who had that conversation. And really, what I really felt growing up is that there wasn't a space, and I, I didn't realize I think that I felt this because I grew up in a home where God was something, something, someone, a being that was very present, where like my mom had us say Shema when, before we went to bed and we listened to all this different kind of music that evoked the message of God. And It was all about how you feel it. It was very romantic, um, all about how you feel it. And so I, I grew up with a very strong God consciousness. And what I realized was that there's not, there's not a place really where people talk openly about that. Like I did in my family, but that's not something that people do in the world. And so my faith, my personhood, my being, my essence was so connected to God and that my understanding of God has developed so much and and will continue to develop, I know. But I really saw a lack of openness in the world towards understanding how we came to where we are as Jews, how we understand the things that we are supposed to understand, whether it's Torah, like what is Torah, what, like, how are we supposed to relate to this thing that we're, that we're told to care about? And I have sought out different ways, I think, to come to my own understandings personally and expand my own basis for knowledge and then create means for other people to do the same. And so my PhD, which is in Jewish thought at NYU, is really based on this idea that through my own understanding of the evolution of Jewish thought, like predominantly the, the growth of the Jewish denominational movements, I can really help other people understand what it means to be a reformed Jew, what it means to be a conservative Jew, what you're doing, what, what what environment you're sending your kids into when you send them to an ex-Jewish preschool or whatever it is. Like, All of these movements, all of these ideas have really strong grounding and I think as people who are in the world taking those identities on, we should be aware of what that comes with. So if you're going to be a reformed Jew, an Orthodox Jew, a modern Orthodox Jew, well, there's so many different colors to it. You can understand what are the kind of foundational values? What are the ideas behind it? And by, I think, understanding that you can also come to, to move above that to some degree, have that be a part of your life. but also see yourself as just a Jew and engage with the jewish people as a whole you have your values you do your thing as an orthodox jew but the reformed you doing their thing is they're doing their thing but they're also a jew and i think i don't know maybe it's naive maybe it's utopian but i have this i have this vision of a world where people understand what the essence of judaism is understand how they practice it why they practice it and then also see themselves as part of something bigger um so my phd helps me come to that understanding and develop my own knowledge to bring out to people which is why I created Rooted which uh, is really all about becoming rooted in the things that make us us the things that make the Jewish people the Jewish people which is all of the people who came before us all the ideas that formed where we are right now and also where we're going and how we're supposed to love (laughs) and relate to each other really and so with that I've really been thinking about different ways to show people that there's no expectations necessarily when you when you are a Jew in a certain sense. There's obligation, but it doesn't mean that you're going to do it, that everybody's going to do it the same way. So you and I are gonna be Jewish, we're gonna do the things, it's gonna look differently. We could be doing the exact same thing, we both could be keeping Shabbat, keeping kosher, whatever. It's going to look different and inevitably will because we're two different people. And I don't think people really understand that. And I think there's a lot of fear around being an individual as part of a collective, if that makes sense, and finding your place in Judaism while still understanding what the obligations are, what the kind of like tenets are of being a member of the Jewish people, but also like finding your own way of doing it. So Models of Faith is is a storytelling project where I uh, find people or interview people who care about their faith. And I think through, under, through seeing people practicing their religion, grappling with their religion, whether it's Christianity, whether it's Judaism, whether it's Islam, whether it's Hinduism, whatever it is, we'll be stronger as Jews because we see that other people are grappling with this too, that everybody just happens to be human <laughs> trying to figure this out. So I, I mean, I don't want to come off God forbid, as though I have everything figured out and I know what I'm doing because rooted what it was when I founded it two years ago is not what it is now. It's probably not what it's going to be in a year. <laughs> There's some days where I'm like, I don't know what the F I'm doing and I don't know what if this is going to be, I don't know if I can do it. There are so many things that every day it almost feels like it's different. But I know that my fundamental core value and the thing that I want to do in the world is to promote understanding judaism and tolerance and love of the jewish people so that we all just come together as one because i don't think like if if there is a world to come i don't think god is going to say like orthodox jews over there orthodox jews who eat halavis we all over there like i don't think we're going to be split up <laughs> according to what we do <laughs> like i think we're all going to be one maybe there's some tribes in there like there probably are the 12 tribes like that's going to be a part of it but i don't think like Girls who wear their skirts above their knee over there. Girls who wear them below their knees over there. Like, I don't think that's what's going to happen. So it's probably better for us to prepare ourselves as a people (laughs) than to prepare ourselves as like these separate groups.
1: I think that your hypothesis with models of faith, first of all, is correct because I will tell you my own experience actually is that I grew up in Winnipeg and in Winnipeg, we are secluded and small and as a jewish community i mean the jewish community is very 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 strong and zionist and supportive but because we're not around a lot of other communities i grew up actually not knowing about denominations really i didn't know the like i didn't i maybe knew what they were but i didn't know the differences and i didn't know what i was and i never not once my parents told me we are this so we do this and like the most people like the most conversations about something that even seems remotely denominational is when I would go home and I'd say to my parents, Oh, I just found out that X keeps kosher. And they'd be like, okay. Like it would just be like, <laughs> and like honestly, we grew up. No, like I don't consider myself denominational in any way. When I came to university, all of a sudden I'm here in Ottawa, which is in the middle of Toronto and Montreal where it's like divisive and it mm-hmm. makes a difference. And I started, people started asking me things like, for example, are you Ashkenazi or Sephardi? A question I had never been asked before. Um, like surprising or even like thought about, I mean, obviously I knew yeah. like, I'm Ashkenazi, but... That and like like, I'm a Jew. No no, no joke. Like seriously, people would ask me. They would also ask me about denomination, and I like didn't even I didn't know. I knew the the pillars that I believed in and what was important to me, and I didn't know the label for that. And I I went through a point where I thought I had to know a label, and now I believe that I don't want to know a label, and I don't (laughs) think we should know labels. But I think ultimately what you're saying in general about Judaism is true, and because at university I wasn't surrounded by people. were very quote-unquote faithful in terms of in the Jewish community. Everyone was really really Jewish but I never had conversations about God with people and I found that a lot of the Jewish students they were like Jewish by culture maybe or just Jewish by nationhood but it wasn't I would never go there and have deep conversations about God and that was like a taboo. So I actually resorted to some of my friends in my courses who were really devoutly Christian. Mm. And we would talk about God, like we would go to the coffee shop and talk about God. And I really think that religion is just the language that we speak to God in. And ultimately we're all speaking to the same God. And so when I spoke with these non-Jewish people about God, we, we had the same views on life. And for like the first time, my mind felt so stimulated by these ideas and I felt connected. And I realized that There is so much more that connects us than divides us. And that just like, so I totally agree with what you're saying. And I think that I never thought about it this way, but that definitely made me more Jewish talking about God with non-Jewish people, which is nuts.
0: (laughs) Oh my God. I grew up on like, it's gospel music. It was like televangelists. It was my Christian friends. This was post Israel was more Christian friends, but I, I, it they were the only people who spoke about God the way that I did. Maybe it was because I had this like kind of Christian quote unquote background in terms of the way that God was talked about. But I, I love that so much. And like, it's beautiful to have that commonality and it it was, it served me so well to be able to say that I, I cultivated my own religious identity through these people of different faiths. Like that's a really cool thing to be able to say, I think um, because it does cater to a sort of, like, unity and interfaith, I don't know, like, acceptance or something, I don't really know what the word that follows that is, but some sort of good interfaith thing, um, that is positive, but at the same time, I really, I really, like, wasn't satisfied with that at a certain point, like, there came a point where I was like, this is, I'm a Jew, (laughs) I'm in the Jewish community, and, I really think that there are people who want to talk about this but they don't feel comfortable doing it. And I want to talk to people who have the Torah. <laughs> like I want to like it's great that I have these Christian friends who have God and like we can connect to that personal relationship with God. But I want people who grapple with like how do you how do you live as as a as a Torah bound Jew or how do you grapple with or understand Sinai and the revelation and I mean that's that's deep but what does it mean to be a Jew and have a personal relationship with God? I couldn't relate more to what you're saying about Winnipeg and I can I can validate that because my good friend Damara is from Winnipeg I was telling you about earlier and she said the exact same thing and she's also so I'm biracial she's also biracial And she would say, like, growing up in Canada, it wasn't even a thing. (laughs) Like, it wasn't a thing. And for me, growing up in Kansas, it wasn't a thing. And in Israel, it was, like, a little bit. And I think, I think, not to speak completely for her, I I think for her it was to some degree also, but in New York, it became a thing. And New York is kind of like your Ottawa, I guess. I don't know anything about Ottawa. But just based on what you said, that laser point focus on where do you fit? (laughs) What are you so we understand you? I need to know because I'm really uncomfortable otherwise and, and I can't be uncomfortable <laughs> that's that's New York
1: I mean like Ottawa is nothing like New York as a city <laughs> yeah. but like I guess it was my that was like my New York experience and it's like the more and more we find people that agree that we have more in common than that separates us is yeah. literally the, the path to peace, to unity, whatever you want to call it, to joy, which is what Judaism is and wants for us. Like yes.
0: obviously, yes, fear of God, but also like joy of life, oh, you know? Like that's I like- <laughs> <laughs> That has been my thing this in understanding <laughs> really been, I, I think, I don't know if the opposite of life is death. I think the opposite of life is fear. Which leads to death. <laughs> Which I think <laughs> I'm listening to this to this podcast down like a deep hole. <laughs> I this is something I was thinking of. Like when we're instructed in the Torah to choose life. And it's not choose death over life. It's not like you choose life because you choose joy. We're also instructed, Leot Basimcha, we're instructed to be happy, to be joyful it's a part of who we're supposed to be, and it's probably one of the hardest things to follow because it's choosing life and joy over fear and death, and it might, I mean, like, it's not literal death necessarily. It could be, like, death of your heart, like, your feelings, like, those can be, those can go so far away from you that you're not connected to them anymore, and that feels like it's gone, and it can just be like death of your love of whatever it is you put out into the world. Like There's just so many ways that that can manifest. So you founded the Rooted Community,
1: Rooted Jew movement. Basically the goal is to empower young Jews to feel confident about their Jewish identity. And you mention that it's not only with their Jewish identity, but also that you want to kind of inspire them to foster a relationship with God. And I know we talked about that a little bit, but I have so many thoughts on this <laughs> idea because first of all, empowering Jews and fostering prouder collective identity <laughs> is like my jam. It's my entire mission with this podcast. Um, so we're like in sync, but this element of God is what I find really just interesting because people refer to themselves nowadays. It's like the, what's trendy is referring to yourself as spiritual, not so much as religious. There's like a movement away from talking about God. And so I would love to hear your perspective on all of this and why you have chosen to include God as a very foundational
0: part of Rooted. Ah. Uh. So I turn again to Matthew McConaughey, (laughs) He he was interviewed by Joe Rogan, and he lays this out so beautifully, which is that people are identifying as spiritual now more than religious, but it's because, it's not because, but they fundamentally don't understand what religion means and what it means to be religious. I don't want to quote him because I don't remember exactly what it is, and he can say it so much more beautifully than I can. But for myself, I want people to understand that having a relationship with God doesn't mean wearing skirts down to your ankles and shirts up to your collarbones. Like, it doesn't mean that you look like a Jew from unorthodox or whatever show you're watching that like that's what somebody looks like who believes that's what somebody looks like who believes in God I believe really to my core that every single one of us has a purpose and a reason that we're here and something to contribute to the world I hate 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 how that is being couched behind race now and that somebody who looks a certain way deserves more of a voice than somebody who looks another way. Um, every single one of us has a purpose and it really, really, really doesn't matter what color you are. And it's not to ignore the problems that exist in the world. There are, but if you're white, it doesn't mean that you have less of a claim to sharing your story than somebody who looks like me. Um, everybody has something to contribute and there's room for everybody. It's not that, somebody who's white takes up more room than somebody who's not white. It's not how the world works at all. To, to that end, I think that everybody can do whatever they feel called to do as a means of serving God. Now I also really firmly believe in obligation and the parts of Judaism that maybe aren't so fun. So it's not to say that you can just be a ballerina and like dance for God and call that your religion. But I also don't think you can't. Like I also think that that's a start and Every person can give up what they're doing to God in a certain sense. And that sounds very Christian. I don't, I mean, I don't not mean it in that way, but also don't mean it in that way in a sense. We just, we all have these unique skills and these unique inclinations. And there's a reason for that. And this movement of self-expression, which is not a new movement at all, but authenticity and living your authentic life, you should 100% do that. And you should do what it is that you feel called to do, like what you feel driven to do, because there's a reason you have that. But if you don't have, I, I believe if you don't have something bigger than yourself that you're doing it for, and it's certainly possible to do it for your great grandma who on her deathbed said, go please be a painter. I don't know, I'm making this up, but um like there's there's definitely ways to cultivate that. I just think God is is so present (laughs) and some something that you can tap into all the time so it's a little bit harder to tap into your great grandma's memory sometimes and not to say that it's easy to tap into god all the time like it takes work i'm i'm learning how to do it in an entirely new way now (laughs) but if you have that relationship, I believe, and you feel able to talk about it and live it and explore it and know that you can, uh, like, I don't know you can believe this, but know that you can say like, fuck you. <laughs> you can really get, like, you can be angry. I've like really explored that for the first time and it felt really, there's, like, it's a relationship. It's a, re- it's a huge, it's a relationship. We're human beings and we relate to this being that created us as as human beings do and you can be angry you can feel through that and the whole idea of being human is that you process your emotions if you're mad at god because something turned out a certain way feel that and you'll be surprised it will go away (laughs) it'll be gone and so i just i think human beings have an inclination to seek right like we're all it's it's the question that everybody is trying to answer in some way and feel connected people turn to yoga for it people turn to atheism for it like there's a lot of different things that satisfy it God's also a really good option, and it's also not something that, it's not, it's not also, it is not something that looks a particular way, and it's a relationship that you are, I believe, created to have that you're also created to feel through, and you're going to feel through that exactly as you feel through that. I think that there is a lot of peace that can come from people being devoted to
1: God. Right always say like when I have these types of conversations with people who say, what is the point? The point is literally that living life with God is so much better, is so much easier, is so much more peaceful, relaxing, amazing than yeah. living without it. It's yeah. comes right down to that in my opinion. And I know that it's so much um, more complicated than that, but it is it's just that. so. And I
0: think there's also a lot of fear, like I've felt it, around being unabashed about that because there are a lot of people who don't agree. Yeah. And I used to be, and probably still to some degree, am scared of people like not agreeing with me and people saying, well, you're wrong. But at the end of the day, okay, <laughs> so I'm wrong. Yeah. What are you going to do about it? And I don't mean that in a provoking sense, but like literally, okay. But I might as well live this life fully and say, Yes. I think that God is the freaking best. No, I think, I think God is great. And I think that that like, also sounds Christian, but I think God is like, there's so much love that he has for us that if we tap into it, that we feel love for ourselves through that relationship. Like I I think it's like an unending wellspring that has so much for us. And again, it's really scary. Like it's scary to relate to God. Fear of God does not mean shaking with fear. It's not, It's yirat shamayim. It's it's awe of the heavens. It's not like pachad. It's not fear as we understand it in like scared sense. It's like oh my god, I can't believe this world that I've been given. I can't believe like you can have yirat shamayim through the clothes you wear. You can have yirat shamayim through the beauty you surround yourself with. Like everything in the world was created to be a vessel for God. If there's so many different ways of interpreting that, like, Kabbalistically, everything is a spark that's connected to God, but I, I, there's just, there's so much around us that can really tie us and connect us to God, um, one of the people I think who is so connected to that is Kanye West, like, he talks about, (laughs) he talks about this, and, like, uh, everything he does is, I mean, he's, he's next level thinker, just in terms of the way his mind moves so quickly. But he said something about beauty and about clothing, how you can use that to like worship God, or you can it wasn't worship God, but it was something like, it's a vessel. It's a way, it's a way of bringing God into your life. Like the things that just like click that give you that like spark could be like a great cut of meat on Shabbat or not Shabbat. That's your way. <laughs> on Shabbat morning during quarantine,
1: we make pancakes and listen to Sunday service. I in love my house. it. I love and it. <laughs> that is one of my Shabbat rituals, and it brings me. <sighs> so I listen to it like so loud, my neighbors probably hate me, but I connect. <laughs> I am like Baruch Hashem.
0: Like, yes. I, I don't say Jesus. I don't no, say the G-
1: But I literally I, get it. I
0: just connect so hard. Fundamentally, like, You can't get anywhere with your religion or your relationship with God if you don't do anything. And there are a lot of people who are too scared to start. Like, the first time I kept Shabbat, I was a freshman in college. I had, like, done it kind of in middle school, but on my own. And I wrote about it. And, like, you're not supposed to write on Shabbat. But whatever. Like, you do the things. And, like, you can't can't get to where you want to be if you don't open up some doors for it to come in. And if if you just leave the doors closed and say I'm not ready for it, nothing's ever gonna happen. Nothing's ever gonna happen. If you know where you want to end up, it's not to say that you have to be there. It's not to say you want to keep kosher, so you start only buying kosher meat and you don't eat dairy out. Like you go to the nth degree. It's that you do something and like you see what happens, <laughs> because we have so much time. Also, I think we don't we don't think about time in a healthy way because it's so much like i need to do this now and so much of what is happening in culture in different areas has to do with this idea that we need to create solutions immediately and reach that endpoint immediately when we don't <laughs> we don't it's okay if we wait a little bit it's okay if we take the steps to see what happens cuz we'll end up somewhere
1: it's not lost Yes, that's so true. I I heard once at a conference, a rabbi said something along the lines of the way that Judaism works is like, it's one big ladder and, but it's not like you're not going up. And the, the way that God values the kind of our work, I guess, is that as long as you are on the ladder, you are doing you are, you're on the right track. So as long as you're on the ladder, no matter what ring you're on, you're doing the right thing for you. And I mean, there's, I think that's what he said. I hope I'm not like kind of changing that, but that's the way I've interpreted it. And I heard it like three years ago. And ever since then, I always think, am I kind of on the ladder in terms of like, am I just like, am I at least doing something? Which is why I love that you said that because it's true. I never thought about it that way, but that is it's so true and so right that the only way to learn something is to practice it. It's like a muscle. So the same yeah. way that, you know, my my biceps are muscles, yeah. my faithfulness, my connection with God, fear of God, it's a muscle.
0: So, so cool. That's why I like Judaism, to vote. It's all, it's action. And yes. it's not to say that you're always going to do it all the time and you're not going to do it the way you want to all the time. Like it doesn't work like that at all. And I think also we need to have, some humility in where we're at and what we know and what we don't know and not have such high expectations for ourselves if we want to, if we want to be what we see as the ideal Jew. If like you envision an orthodox Jew and you're like, that's where I want to be. Well, it's not really so reasonable to say that you're going to do that next week if you grew up with no basis for that. <laughs> like, If there's, you can have a place that you want to end up and say that you want to feel, and not even to say that Orthodox should be the goal. I don't mean to say that at all. I just mean to say that if you for yourself set a goal and say, I want to read the Parsha and feel something. Well, it's not so reasonable that you're going to read it tomorrow and feel something because that's, it doesn't just happen immediately. With that one, maybe you can channel something and whatever it'll come. But it, it, with certain things, it, these things just, it takes time and you have to know what you have and how you grew up. And like, you just can't expect yourself to be exactly where you want to be tomorrow. You are just
1: clearly really thoughtful. And I get the feeling that you go about things that you do with intention and with purpose. So why rooted and kind of what's the importance of the rooted concept?
0: I don't think I'm special. (laughs) I don't think that what I'm doing is anything special. I think that I obviously have a certain desire to read and write things more than certain people necessarily do, but I don't think that my thinking things out is unique to me, is something that other people can't do. I think it's something that other people don't realize they can do and don't have any model for doing. And I'm not at all trying to prop myself up as some like model to be, because I think that there are a lot of other people like that. They're just not given platforms. Uh, And so I'm just trying to create a platform for those people who lived at any point during the last thousand years. Like there's a lot of people who've been very thoughtful about Judaism and about God. And we can be those people. Every single one of us can be, that person and you just have to be able to see it and envision it for yourself and i don't think we have any means of envisioning it for ourselves i think there are a lot of incredible jewish organizations that aren't giving people necessarily the model for how to be a modern person who is thoughtful about their judaism and takes tradition somewhat seriously there are wonderful jewish organizations out there a lot of which I'm involved with, um, that cater to particular needs of the Jewish human, I guess. The so One Table does Friday night dinners, which is incredible. Moisha House does community and whatever else fits in with that, whatever an individual Moish House decides to do. Chabad provides their beautiful, warm homes to any Jew anywhere in the world which all of which is so important, like so important. And I think that there could be 10 more organizations doing exactly what I'm doing with their own different flavor to serve a different population. But I don't know if there's another organization. Um, and I don't think that mine is necessarily doing it in full throttle right now at all. Like it's, it's an ideal. It's where I want to end up, but I don't know if there's another organization that is a, creating an apolitical environment we should be able to have environments that are jewish that have conservative politically leaning people and liberal leaning people together and not have that be a thing there should be jewish environments where conversations around race and the president don't come up because we recognize that we are all jewish human beings and that's what matters i also don't know if there are organizations that are creating environments that that show the feasibility of modern Jewish lifestyles. So I think Chabad does an incredible job at at giving a, a vision for what Judaism can be, but a lot of Jews aren't going to wear a shetel, aren't going to wear a wig and dress that way. And so I'm trying to make thoughtful, traditional Judaism accessible and something that people feel that they can bring into their lives and connect to and, come from a place of understanding and not say, I need to lower the bar because this person went to Hebrew school and only studied the Torah until they were 12 and this person, whatever. Just say, we're going to define our terms. I'm going to present information to you that has really impacted me and has impacted other people. I'm going to give you human stories and you can do what you want with it. (laughs) This name, Rooted,
1: what does it mean to be rooted in your identity? Because as a sprout uh, founder, yeah. <laughs> I love all metaphors related oh, to like that. the tree and growth. So I'm thinking, wow, rooted, that's so awesome. So what,
0: is, what does that mean? I think it's funny because rooted is a word that comes up like in so many Jewish conversations that I have or that I have other people that I hear other people having completely, uh, people who are completely unaware of my own organization, or people in conversation with me who aren't even thinking about it. Because fundamentally, to be rooted in something means to be, like, so connected to it, that you can't even, like, stray if you wanted to. Like, you can think that you are because the the branches kind of move one way, but you're you're still grounded, you just have to find your center again. It's also this system, like, I don't know really, how, like, I don't know, natural science is not my thing, but from what I understand, there's, like, these really intricate root systems, and trees are interconnected, and there's just something to it, and I won't say that it's, like, so deeply thought out, like, every time somebody says some new revelation about root, I'm like, oh my god, yeah, that does work, yeah, oh yeah, but to me, it honestly just started out as something that just, felt right. The, the colors around it were perfect. But the more I hear people talking about it, the more I hear people, the more I hear people talking about creating strong Jewish humans and strong Jewish connections, the more rooted just fits because it's what everybody's trying to do.
1: I'm imagining how sprouts fit into the rooted ideology <laughs> um, because I'm obsessed with myself. No, I'm just kidding. Um, they do. They totally do. They totally, that's what, cause it's so funny because what we do when we have these conversations we and we allow other people to hear them is allowing them to plant seeds and for them to sprout Little uh, thoughts to open windows, to open doors, that. to open, I don't know, time. It's little- not a
0: big ask. And I think that's the best part is that you're just saying you don't have to be fully bloomed, but just sprouts of ideas. That's really beautiful. I really love that a lot. I think that's so important. Yeah. I love that. I love rooted. And I too believe kind of
1: that we are all interconnected. And that means that all the actions we take have direct impact on our lives one month from now one year from now 10 years from now and that's one of the reasons that i strongly believe in planting seeds and laying foundations roots so all that is to say my question for you is as to bishwat rolls around oh perfect God. segue to this metaphor we're starting to think about planting seeds for the future So, what are some of the ways that we can do that, and how can we become more rooted in our Jewish identity during
0: this time? So, somebody just told me something today about trees that I loved so much, which is that winter is actually the healthiest time for trees because they don't give their energy to their leaves. So, they've shed their leaves and they prepare themselves for new. Blossoms, I guess, or the, the newness of um, the spring. And I think I think it mirrors human beings. I think that I have not been on social media at all for the last little over a month. And winter for me is always the time where I felt so in myself and unable to exert the same amount of energy that I usually do in the world. And I've I've really been critical on myself about that in the past and not feeling like I'm doing enough and I slow down in the winter, and I get mad at myself because I feel like I should always be going. What I'm learning is that we don't always need to be going, and it's actually really important to stop going in order to actually blossom. Rooting happens whether you try very hard or not, and it's actually a lot easier to go through the world without trying so hard and caring so much about everything, and to just let things more effortlessly happen um, and unfold and set your sights on where you want to be. So I imagine if a tree had a mind, it would imagine where it's going to end up as this beautiful, big blossoming tree that provides shade to people, that bears fruit, that has fruit that people pick. It has a vision, it knows where it's going to end up. But the process of a tree growing is, is pretty slow. I think. <laughs> but I don't, I, like, it's not something that happens overnight. Certainly not something that happens in a month. You don't have a full grown tree, probably within a year, even. And I think human beings mirror nature. We are nature. And we mirror the natural process so much more than we think. And we get so cocky about it because, like, we're human beings and we think and, like, we're special. And we are. We are definitely special to a certain degree. But nature is also really special and there's also a lot to learn from it and its processes and things that we can glean about ourselves from that and so i think Tu bishvat i think the energy in the world changes tubishvat. bishvat like i i am so excited for tubishvat. bishvat it's wednesday night that is when i feel like i'm going to come back to life like i feel like i'm going to be ready like it's been a lot of internal time Working through things, and it's so necessary, and we're very afraid to do that, and that's really important. But, 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 the most important thing about becoming rooted is to recognize that everything is a process and that there is no such thing as constant upwards growth, just constant growth, which is not linear. It's not something that just looks like it's like a ladder, like what you said. We need to learn how to give up some of our control and go through the world a little bit more effortlessly, because the rooting is going to happen anyway. That is so
1: amazing and wise. And I totally agree. I love this idea of hibernating. I think I do it in the winter as well. (laughs) I just like, who doesn't, especially in these like cold months, you're inside. And I do a lot of deep thinking in the winter, and then blossoming in the summer, which means I do my rooting in the spring. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah. Oh, yeah! There you go. People, I would bet most people do if they give themselves the space to do it. They don't even realize it. I just loved this conversation so much. I'm so happy that this was my first conversation back in a little while, that this was the first conversation, like, right in the wake of Tu I don't know if I will be able to top this.
1: Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. Like, that means so much. And thank you so much for giving us your time, your expertise, your insight, your intellect. You are really, really such a light. And I so appreciate you coming on. I really could not be more grateful.
0: thanks for listening. This could all be moot in a year. I could be like, I'd take it all back. (laughs) Oh, that's life though. That's life. So
1: where can everyone find you, follow you, connect with you, read your work, get all
0: of this incredible insight that you put into the world? Uh, um so the best way as of now is through instagram which is at kylie k-y-l-i-e you know you probably don't need my name spelled out but u-n-e-l-l and i will be publishing more things god willing soon and doing more for people to take in in the near future i have a class actually that's coming out With the uh, B'nai Zion Foundation, it's how to party according to the Bible. So if you're looking for a biblical guide to partying, got you covered.
1: I feel like that's so you. I'm so excited.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm so excited
1: to stay connected with you and continue learning. So thank you so much again. This was so fun.
0: Thank you. This was so fun.